Welcome to Strike Deck Radio, a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Strike Deck and the Success League. Strike Deck is a customer success automation platform that enables CSMs to manage customer relationships. The Strike Deck solution enables churn prevention, upsells, and customer advocacy. They use machine learning and predictive analytics to bubble up insights and alerts about customer health, sentiment, and engagement. The Success League is a consulting firm focused on customer success. We work with executives who are ready to build and develop a top-performing customer success team that drives retention and revenue for their organization. For more information, you can visit our website at thesuccessleague.io. My name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Strike Deck Radio and the founder and CEO of the Success League. For over 15 years, I've been a sales, marketing, and customer success executive, and my career is primarily focused on early and growth stage tech companies. The Success League works with leaders and companies of all sizes and stages. In this episode, I'm joined by Matt Edwards, the Vice President of Customer Success and Services for Alation, a collaborative data company. Prior to joining Alation, Matt has served in several customer success leadership roles and has built and developed a number of success teams. Today, Matt is going to be sharing his approach for growing a high-performance team by focusing on the human elements of customer success. Matt, welcome to Strike Deck Radio. Can you share with us the story of how you got into customer success and a little bit about Alation? Certainly. Thank you, Kristen. Happy to be here. Customer success started to become a major theme in companies right as I was looking for ways to stay both customer facing, but also move away from support and non-revenue generating groups. That makes sense. (laughs) I started my customer service career when I was 15 and started my first company uh, centered on general technical consulting. Word of mouth obviously was very important when I was young uh, and it was my only marketing department to grow customers. I then grew that company into a medical focus uh, based company where we focused on dental and medical professionals that were wanting to build new buildings and IT you know, consulting for all of them. Were you in high school when you were doing this? I was in high school. Wow, that's so an, amazing. Through, yeah. Thank you. thank you. It put me through high school and also put me through college. Okay. Uh, not all my college professors really enjoyed me having to take calls during class. Um, I bet but, not. <laughs> yeah. But it worked really well. But good for you. Yeah, thank That's you. Great. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about customers, how to integrate tech uh, into customers, and really just, I think, some of the basics of the consulting experience that you have with customer success. Uh, so then I moved to Austin uh, and started working for a, another company. I joined Shortel. Uh-huh. It was a voice over IP company. That company was amazing to me. I started when they were 300 people and left when they were about 1,200. So got to go through a lot of different positions, support positions, all the way into customer success uh, when they acquired a SaaS-based company. So from there, uh, I actually wanted to get into the startup world. So we're better than Silicon Valley. So I decided to come up to Silicon Valley and... Went through one company, White Hat Security, and then now at Alation, where I must say I'm really, really happy to be at. So, Four eight. Yeah, so Alation is, uh, honestly, the reason I say this is where I wanted to be is it's exactly what I was looking for in the startup. It's both an innovative, disruptive technology, has a great team, 
uh, difficult challenges, but amazing challenges and a lot of fun to work through. Uh, so what Alation does is really change the way businesses approach data. Um, at the same time, we're also creating a new space. So there's a, a really strong focus and need for customer success on driving change management in really large organizations. Okay, yeah. cool. Thanks for sharing the background on where you've come from, because I think that really helps to inform you know, where you're coming from with the article that you wrote and then also what we're going to talk about in this podcast today. So Matt, you recently wrote a blog post on the topic of building high-performance customer success teams, which, by the way, our listeners can find on Strike Deck's blog page. So if you're looking for that, go there. What inspired you to write that article, and why do you think this topic is so important for customer success leaders? So I wrote the blog about high-performing teams uh, out of a past experience that I had with a couple startups that were a little difficult when starting and that the customer success culture could have been a little better and through the change of that culture I got to see really the transformation of both the internal team strength as well as how we interacted and uh, got feedback from our customers. Okay, cool. So just so that we're all on the same page too, can you describe for the listeners what you mean by a high performance team? Um, what are the results that you would expect to see from top performers and how would you measure their success? Certainly. So obviously I track a lot of the industry standards, the mm -hmm. MPS, the CSAT, uh, high lifetime value, uh, low churn, all, mm -hmm. all the normal things. Um, the other things that I specifically want to address with this blog post were the kind of soft metrics and that is you know, my team's ability to adapt into any different situation. So kind of self-management uh, to work with different products and clients as they change and be able to adapt with that with minimal supervision. So that allows me to know that they know the product, they know the customer, and therefore they can be a, that consultant for the, for the customer. Uh, I also want to make sure that they are able to execute on the company and personal goals. Okay. Uh, personal goals are a big piece, I think, that extends out of passion uh, to make sure that they're successful. And I also want to make sure that, you know, as the face of the company, I also want the internal company groups to be able to look at customer success in that they give a lot more back uh, than they ask. So a lot of customer success teams, in my experience, um, ask a lot of engineering, they ask a lot of marketing, they ask a lot of sales. So I want them to be able to give back to those groups and to provide a collaborative internal environment. Okay, so it's really for you, high performance is a combination of the metrics, which is what everyone I think thinks of when they think sure. of high performance, and then also the soft skills that they've got and working both with the clients and then internally as well and making sure they're giving back to the company. Is that exactly. fair? Okay. That's fair. Cool. Um, so one of the first topics that you mentioned in your article is passion, and why do you think that's such a critical characteristic of a high-performing CSM. So I think that this is a, a critical characteristic for high-performing CSM teams because of what passion does both internally and externally. Okay. Uh, if you look at, for instance, TED speakers or uh, maybe you know a good mentor of yours, uh, you can always hear the passion in their voice, uh, and that draws in the audience. Uh, it's like good storytelling. If you tell a story very dry and don't have a lot of interest in it, 
not a lot of people pay attention, you may not want to get a story from that person again. But if someone tells it with exuberance and passion, then you're drawn in. You're interested in what they're talking about. And by reflection, you want to work with them. And you, right. you really want to know more. And so that, I think, is you know, part of how at CSM, through storytelling, through passion, can draw the customer into the company vision, uh, which obviously gets them better aligned and creates a better collaborative environment. Cool. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of articles and books recently on the storytelling as a way to really communicate with people. I don't know if you have any favorite resources on that or have you have you done a lot of training with your teams on how to do that? Or is that something that you think people just are naturally gifted with? I think that obviously people have natural gifts that you know predispose them to talking in stories, uh -huh. uh, but at the same time I actually just came out of a sales kickoff with my team and we got to do a storytelling workshop. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was story leaders. Okay, oh, very cool. Uh, and that was, that was the really name of the workshop? Correct. Okay, cool, so everybody that was story leaders? Okay, if you're interested in it. So, Matt, what are some of the best ways that a company can generate passion in its employees? Can you provide some other tactical advice for our listeners today? Certainly. So in enablement is really important. So making sure that you are observing your CSM team um, and ask and listen to them. So ask them directly. Do they understand the company vision? Are they passionate about the company vision? Do they understand how that relates to their day-to-day -day activities uh, and how their day-to-day -day activities impact the company as a whole? So you need to get them both excited about the tactical day-to-day -day pieces, but also how that aligns with overall tactics of the company at the executive level. Okay. Um, you know, one thing I've noticed as I've gone through my career as a leader and, and worked for a lot of different companies over the years is that not every company is very committed to making sure that their employees are passionate <laughs> or yes, even very committed. So. I know, true. Yeah. yeah. Um, or even really very committed to communicating a vision or mission at all. So there's just a lot of companies, you know, that are just running. So what do you do if you're a leader and you're in that boat? where you're working for a company that's not got that level of commitment, where they're trying to get that buy-in from their employees. Do you, can you create passionate team members still in some way? Absolutely, I believe so. So if your company doesn't have a vision, create one for your team. Okay. Right, so create a customer success-based vision, or if your customer success group expands into support and services and other you know, different groups, then uh, create a vision around that. Work with your sales counterpart or your marketing counterpart. Usually marketing is really good at developing visions. Uh, and try to align that with a marketing strategy. Maybe it's just the vision temporarily could be a go-to-market strategy that you could use to align with. Ultimately, you want to pick something that your team can relate to uh, and that can you know, be quantified into some type of project so you can also track and promote success and you can reward people that are starting to get passionate and starting to be successful. Okay. One thing that I've done in the past, and I don't know what you would think about this, but um, when I've had to kind of get people to be passionate again about, a, you know, a team or a company that they felt kind of declining level of enthusiasm about is to do contests. And that's something that can kind of drive that, 
okay, let's get all excited again about what we're doing kind of passion. Um, have you ever done anything like that or are there any yeah, competition other? is great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I put it out in sales, for instance, use, um, you know, leaderboards to put up, you know, help to drive competition and some passion in there. I think you can do the same thing for customer success, for example, mm-hmm. uh, create some leaderboards, create your, yeah, any type of game, right? Make it fun, make it interesting, get, get them involved, make it more than just work, make it more than just executing day to day. Yeah, I think um, I have found that that's really helpful, um, even just in times of years where you tend to be less excited about what you're doing, like summer, you know, when you're thinking about your vacation or the holidays, when you're thinking about either you're excited about getting together with your family or you're distressed by the thought of getting together with your family, <laughs> you know, yes. um, you know, it, those are distracting times of year. And I think that you can do contests and help to drive that passion and keep it going mm-hmm. from spring to fall, which tend to be more productive times of year, I think. So I agree. Cool. I'm glad you've used that too. I'm always curious what people do with contests because it's sort of, it's sort of a different approach for most customer success teams, sales teams do it all the time, of course, but yeah. yeah. I think it's part of the evolution of customer success though, starting to meld into all kinds of different organizations. So it's not just a support, it's also sales, it's marketing, it's kind of all kinds of different things. Yeah. 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 Cool. So in your article, you also advocate for treating employees like your customers, so really well. And what are some steps that customer success managers that might be listening can take to make sure their CSMs are advocates for them? Sure. So I promote uh, the customer success professionals be consultants or strong consultants, as I like to say, as opposed to advocates. Okay. Uh, Just my little piece on advocacy, I feel like, is just turning up the volume and sending it over the fence. Okay. <laughs> um, and strong consultants, I want them to be you know, passionate about not only their company, uh, but also their clients. Okay. And so when their clients you know, are working with them, they actually you know, feel like the CSMs understand their business, and therefore they can actually you know, relate their business back into the company and the product and make you know, a better successful collaboration between the two. Okay. So I love books, and one of the books you mention is Dale Carnegie's classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. So how does this tie into high-performing customer success teams? Certainly. So I think that at a high level, winning friends and influencing people is really what CSMs do. Uh, what I mean by that is if you take influence, for example, uh, we want to, at its core, we want our CSMs to influence our customers on how to be successful with our product and you know, help the company be successful. But in return, we want our customers to influence us and guide our product you know, towards more success. So there's an influence play there. Uh, it's not one-sided, it's collaborative. Uh, and you know, part of that also, kind of to extend on the idea of influence, is I think a lot of CSMs are afraid to ask for something in return uh, when they give a lot to their customers. So again, part of that passion and part of knowing your customer and knowing your product is that if you give something to your customer, you have the type of relationship and that passionate you know, drive towards being successful together that you feel comfortable with asking your customer for something, for instance, you know, access to a decision maker or uh, more information on how, how they're going to be successful in the future. Okay. So how can you develop team members so they build relationships and their level of influence? Sure. So I think you need to start with making sure that their engagement with customers is a collaboration and they don't feel like they're serving their customers. Okay. Uh, and 
maybe a good example of that is I had a previous employee that really struggled with connecting with clients. Okay. Uh, just wasn't able to establish a really good relationship, wasn't very passionate about that. Okay. Um, however, he was very good at internal relationships. Um, so what I did is take him and rotate him towards an internal facing role, um, still customer success, but really kind of an internal customer success advocate. Okay. So worked with engineering, worked with development, helped on roadmap things. Um, he was exceptional at that. Really, really improved uh, both the customer success team, the company's you know, efficiency, and also his own goals and was very happy in that role. Cool. So you kind of helped to identify his own passion and then sent him in that direction instead of customer facing, which Absolutely. is tougher for some people. It's not for everybody. No, it's not. So. I, I definitely you know, feel that way. Not everyone uh, is wants to do customer success and not everyone wants to do customer facing roles. Right. right. So sometimes an internal facing role is perfect. Cool. So in light of that, um, how does hiring the right team member um, for different positions tie into all the ideas that we've been talking about today? Sure, so it is crucial, especially when you have a small team or a startup team. Uh, just statistically, for example, uh, most hires come from references. So if you hire the correct first couple people, they're going to hire the next you know, four people and you're gonna build your team out of your core members. So the beginning employees are crucially important as well as just really any employee. And that is because of the things we've talked about. You want them to be passionate. You want them to be able to connect uh, with your company vision and also your client's vision for your company. Uh, they are the face of your company, right? They're the ongoing face of your business and you want to make sure they're excited. Uh, after all, if a customer success advocate is not excited, how can your client be excited about your product? Yeah. What Are there any questions that you ask to kind of help figure out if they've got that drive and that passion for the company? Yeah, I, I always ask for stories. So okay. I ask for them to give me the past example that they are most proud of or a situation that they thought they did very well in, uh, maybe a difficult customer that they you know, turned into a really good customer and an advocate or reference. Uh, really just ask them for their experience and, li and listen. Do you look for level of excitement as they tell those stories, or what, what exactly are you looking for? Yeah, not necessarily excitement, but the depth of understanding, which I equate to part of passion. So it's okay. a combination of that. So do they really understand the influences that they had on that customer and how that impacted their overall success? Okay, cool. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back to the rest of the interview in a minute. I want to let you know about two training programs offered by the Success League. First, we have a customer success leadership program that is designed to help directors and VPs of customer success be more effective in their planning, hiring, management, and communication. I teach these classes, and as a former VP of customer success, I'm sharing the skills and models I learned over years of doing the job. Second, we have a CSM training program for customer success managers who need training on customer success basics or to brush up on specific skills. These classes focus on how CSMs can help customers achieve the outcomes they are looking for through effective planning and communication. Classes are one-hour instructor-led sessions that include discussion and tools that enhance learning. For more information on both programs, you can visit the training page on our website, thesuccessleague.io. 
I also want to mention a terrific new resource from Strike Deck called the Beginner's Guide to Customer Success. This is a 200-page ebook you can download from Amazon, and it includes a ton of fantastic tips, articles, and exercises to grow your career and customer success. CSMs will find information that helps them get started in the field, and managers will gain tools they can implement to help build their customer success function within their organization. Links for the Success League's training sessions and the ebook can be found in the description of this episode. And now, back to our interview. So let's say you're a leader who's been really successful in all of these areas we talked about today, and your team is performing well, you're seeing the results you want. How do you continue then to grow and develop your team members? Essentially, what comes after what you've described here? So first, well done. Congratulations. Right. (laughs) It's hard to do that. It is very hard to do. And it's definitely a continued process. So you'll you'll continue to have to question where you are with this and and keep working on it. Um, so I believe you know, very strongly, like we've talked about a little bit uh, previously, around accentuating people's strengths. So mm-hmm. make sure you find people that are really good at you know, one thing, and you know, the rest of your team may not be you know, have the same strengths. So focus on accentuating people's strengths and then taking the things that may get in their way and just you know, kind of smoothing them over so they're not as um, difficult for them to get past. Um, also, along those same lines, diversity in your team is very important to provide new ideas and continue to question the status quo. I believe in your know, continual evolution of the customer success you know, team as well as you know, as your product continually evolves, your customers continue to evolve. Uh, so your customer success team needs to continue to evolve. So diversification is very helpful. Yeah, I think too along those lines, I think it can help if you're encouraging um, your team members to keep learning about customer success and I think that helps to bring a lot of outside knowledge back into the team. So if they're going to meetups and they're reading about our field and they're looking at blog posts, then they can come back to the team and add a lot of value to the group so that it helps challenge everybody to keep growing. Absolutely. I think it also continues to help drive that passion as well. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing the same thing day in and day out, yeah. that starts to be really difficult to be passionate about. So you need new content, you need new ideas uh, to help continue to drive that passion. Yeah. Cool. Now, last question, and something I ask all of our guests. What do you see as the biggest trend in customer success right now and why? Certainly. I think that the biggest trend that I'm seeing right now is how do you quantify customer success? Okay. And that is, I think that's a really good thing, uh, for one thing, and that is because customer success is starting to be recognized as more than just a cost of doing business. Right. Right. It's, It's a revenue generation. Yep. Tool uh, and therefore CFOs and executives want to understand how much revenue, what is the impact of the business, and mm-hmm. how to fund that. Yeah. So I think that that's a big piece. Uh, it also is hard because customer success really branches over all the different groups in the company, uh, so it's difficult to quantify. So I think that, that struggle right now is what I see as top on the minds of a lot of customer success professionals. Yeah, I think I think on the minds of a lot of CS professionals, but also on the lot of minds of a lot of boards of directors and yes. executive teams too. Yes. I think they're starting to read articles and mm-hmm. get more engaged with customer success and they do realize that it spans a lot of the business and you know, they also realize I think in many companies that they haven't been collecting the right data and so there's missing data and or the data isn't very clean around the customer success things that need to be measured. And so, yeah, I see a lot of attention being paid in that area as well. 
I am always looking for new ideas and thoughts on how to improve customer success. Uh, so for anyone listening, feel free to contact me. My email address is matt.edwards at elation.com. You can also feel free to contact me if you're interested in learning more about how Alation gives some of the biggest data consuming companies like eBay, Pfizer, and GoDaddy a 20 to 50% increase in efficiency with working with data. Cool, thank you. I also wanna thank our sponsors, Strike Deck and the Success League. To learn more about Strike Deck, you can visit strikedeck.com and follow Strike Deck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. To find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow the Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, please subscribe to Strike Deck Radio on iTunes or SoundCloud. And finally, thanks for listening to this podcast, and we hope you'll join us next time.